0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus.
1: Do you want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Center in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble as well as signings and photos, but that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchermania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever wrestling Media Hall of Fame and wrestling shows from Impact Wrestling where they will be taking on the best the UK has to offer. And Revolution Pro Wrestling featuring the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger defending his British J Cup crown. Tickets are on sale now, so head over to wrestlingmediacon.com. That's wrestlingmediacon.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe.
2: Making their way to the ring, and a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, The Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Ramble Podcast, I am Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke
1: Owen. Hello SWAT Nation, and a hello to you Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? And I know... You've got quite an exciting story to tell us About Writers Group I
2: mean, is it exciting? It's just a, it's just an
1: update on
2: me, on me book
1: On your book, well I'm very excited to hear it mm. I mean, what, you want it now? Well, I mean, what else do you want to do? Do you oh, want to talk yeah. about what you've got fl- planned for the weekend? What have you got planned for the weekend?
2: Um, I am going to a Pitch Perfect Ackerlong Oh yes
1: mate, an Ackerlong At the Prince Charles yes. Oh that's going to be
2: blinding It's a triple date You were invited, but you are doing a Steven Spielberg marathon instead. I'm doing
1: a Steven Spielberg Mm Selectrospective with some friends of mine. Um, But no, it's
2: me, my lady partner, and uh, a couple of other couples. that I I went to school with the chaps, Mm -hmm. and they're bringing along their assorted lady partners. One each. Yep, obviously. Uh, There's a cap on this. And yeah, it's it's good because last time we went, I can't remember which one we went to, but it was just three three of us and we were the only adult men there <laughs> and everyone else had been dragged along but like there were other adult men there but they had been dragged along by their girlfriends quite obviously mm. and we were just there as like a little group so we thought next time we're going to bring the the lady partners to you're, this you're very drag camp them. Uh, thing that we're doing
1: I love a Prince Charles cinema sing-along Done several of them mm. Frozen's always a really good time Frozen's good Frozen's great Muppets Christmas Carol is a blinder But you oh. have been to Arguably probably one of the best ones I, I, They can't do now I'm guessing they haven't got the screening rights for it anymore um, The Muppets
2: Yep, the Muppets Jason Seagal movie Jason Seagal Uh Yeah, it's great Such a good soundtrack I owned that screening Because uh, you Am I a man, or am, or am, I, am I, a I a muppet? muppet? Am I a muppet? a muppet? So everyone was singing. I mean, me and me and Graham were the loudest in there. Obviously, of again women and kids, yeah. and and like one other guy. There was one guy who came by himself. He sat in front of us, and we create like this this bond <laughs> of just singing to the Muppets. And uh, you know the bit? I'm a Muppety man. Yeah. I did that. I was very drunk. And I did it so loud when everyone else stops. I didn't know everyone else was going to just stop singing there. Yep. And yeah. Uh, that got I've also done a Bugsy Malone one there. Oh, that'd
1: be fun. That was really fun. The little Shop of Horrors would be really fun as well, because that's got a blinding little musical soundtrack.
2: We could have
1: been anything that
2: we wanted to be.
1: <laughs> with all the talent we had. So I, uh, last time I went to a sing-along was oh, Muppets Christmas off. Carol. I thought better. Um, a mother's Christmas Carol A Christmas time It's like a bit of a yearly tradition That we like to do We went down there With some of our friends I couldn't come You couldn't because go Because I was on death's door I remember That's a bit dramatic You were going to come I though <laughs> I had a sore throat I had a very bad chest you infection You um, But we went And our, me and my friend George Were sat next to each other My dungeon master in fact We were far and away The loudest people <laughs> there um, a couple of years. You've got to get into it. A couple of years ago, I went because of my birthday is obviously very close to Christmas, and we went on my birthday. And the woman I was sat next to was just like she goes, "Are you excited?" And I was like, oh, "I'm so excited to see it." She goes, "I didn't sleep last night. I was so excited <laughs> for Christmas Carol, <laughs> Muppets Christmas Carol on December 14th Wow, well, that's a come-on line if I've ever heard one. And they always do the. Um, they show you the VHS song that's uh, not actually in the movie. Which is weird as well because they show it and it's only now where I'm watching it and they show up on the big screen is When Love Is Gone. And that's the song that that was in the original cut, but they cut it out and then they put it into the VHS version. I think it was actually the UK uh, VHS release. And that puts that song back into it. Hmm. And it's weird that that song is cut out because it's actually the reprise song at the end. Because the last song is When Love Is Found. Which only works if you have When Love Is Gone, when he loses it in um in the past. That's weird, because, you know, in, in the Muppets 2011 movie or what it
2: was, they cut out a really important song there as well. Or, like, just a, an extra verse of Tex Richman. Yes. Where he talks about, like, the whole sad bit where I was a young kid and all the kids were laughing at the Muppets and I couldn't laugh. Yeah. I mean, like... Okay, so that's why everyone says Maniacal laugh. laugh. It's because
1: he can't, say, he yeah, can't and,
2: actually laugh. And that's why he hates the Muppets. But that isn't in there. That's only on the soundtrack. So
1: why cut out? It, was, it would have taken like 20 seconds to leave it in. But you had to get in that Miss Piggy song with um, Amy Adams, Me Party, which is literally, that song only exists because someone was like, Miss Piggy hasn't got a song we need to give her a song but well, it's
2: also like what uh we've got female characters We haven't uh, done anything weird. Uh, just do this so what have they been do- okay we'll just film this bit i like that song though i like that I'm song as well me but it's not
1: connected to a anything just for one because miss piggy's singing it's like why are you singing it because she's also been left alone by kermit has she <laughs> not really Oh, it's lovely stuff. I could just talk. Should we just start a Muppets podcast rather than talk about wrestling? Well, what's great about acor
2: alongs or quote alongs or sing alongs in particular is that I love karaoke. I love getting drunk and yelling songs at the top of my voice because I can't sing. I yell Mm -hmm. and movies, and you can put both of these things together. It's dark; people can't see your face. It's like a YouTube comment section.
1: And I would also say as well, you heard the advert for it at the top of this podcast, Wrestling Media Con is coming up in September, September 8th and 9th. And there's going to be a VIP party, which we're going to be at. And there will likely be some karaoke going on there. So Uh-oh. people could come and do karaoke with Luke and Ollie and Laurie yeah, of WrestleTalk. I keep forgetting he's part of it. It's over there. <laughs> it's over there. <laughs> it's still new. <laughs> We haven't hazed him or anything. If anything, he hazed us on the way. (laughs) That's not how this works. Uh, I'm just going to do this quick email before we get on from Jeff Ranieri. Hey Luke, a group of my friends and I are doing an online D&D campaign and we're all pretty new to the game. My friend John stepped in and embraced the DM role and he is going great. He's doing a great job. He's written going, so I'm correcting him there. He is doing a great job. His birthday is coming up in a couple of months and I wanted to send him some sort of cool or funny Dungeon Master gift or accessory. Any suggestions? Also, also, I love the show and I'll send a Rusev Hayen about my airport encounter with Byron Saxton oh, soon. Wow. So DM Gifts, I should have had Laurie in for this because so we started our D D campaign late last year and we're also part of the same Secret Santa group. And just by happenstance, we all basically drew each other. So a lot of our presents that we got were all Dungeon Master themed. Like Gary got our DM, uh, well, just Dungeon Dragons themed. He got him the the board thing that you have to put in front of you as the DM that's got all the rules. Like It's basically like a quick guide thing so you can kind of see what you need to do. And he has that set up in front of me. A wicked picture of a dragon. On the on the front, flying away from a castle, Um, got a T-shirt that's got like funny Dungeons and Dragons um, sort of not so much quotes, but things that you you would understand if you played D and D. That sort of like
2: like a list things that only D and D players (laughs) will get.
1: No, it's things like you're standing in front of a giant bear. Um, I go to attack. You roll a one. I fall over. You know, it's that sort of thing. You know, it's just a little hilarious. Um, So yeah. That's what I would suggest. You can go onto eBay, type in Dungeon Dragons. There's loads of t-shirts. In fact, there's one that's like the Run DMC logo, but it says Run D&D, hmm. which is very good for a Dungeon Master. I couldn't wear it because I'm not one. Um, so yeah, I think certainly things like that would be quite good. But uh, shall we get into the show? We've got quite a packed show, talking about New Japan stars going over to... Sorry, new WWE stars going to New Japan. And we've also got your crap gimmicks, including an absolutely corking crap gimmick submission. Your mailbag questions... And at the end of the show, we'll do some Rusev Hayes. By the way, I'll talk about it in the show, but we've had an email, a uh, tweet in, a couple of tweets. He sent me this tweet multiple times asking for us to drop Rusev Hayes because he doesn't think that people actually like them. So, if you like your Rusev Hayes, do let us know. Here's the show. Should WWE stars go
2: back to New Japan? This comes off of the Wrestling Observer newsletter from last week who reported that, or rather pointed out that AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson all joined the company in early 2016. It was that huge controversial thing where they wrestled at Wrestle Kingdom 10, that great match between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, and after the show, they handed in their notice, we're going to WWE. And New Japan's like, oh my god, you're our two top stars, pretty much. What are we going to do? Spoiler, they were okay. They had an Akada. Yeah, they did. They had plans in place. They had a. can, no, they, But, like, plans that they had to come up with.
1: Yes, but luckily enough, they had people that were already there. Because that show was headlined stepped by. stepped up. By I uh, Okada Tanahashi. Oh, yes. And the, I think the plan with that was just like, of course, cool, so we're putting Akada over Tanahashi here because we're going to be pushing him as our next big guy. But at that point like Okada wasn't like the guy no, no. at that point. He he got sort of that Roman
2: Reigns backlash sometimes. People love Tanahashi. Why wouldn't you look at his hair? Mm-hmm. And but who's to say that maybe New Japan weren't planning an epic Akada
1: Nakamura chaos imploding faction feud. Well, I mean, I don't want to be the guy that just constantly plugs their Patreon, but you and I did a review of Wrestle Kingdom 10 for Wrestle Ramble Extra. That's and in show. that, we were reading excerpts from the Wrestling Observer at that time where Meltzer was saying, like... Look, they've got these bunch of guys, but the majority of them aren't ready. And he was talking... He was even saying names there, like Kenny Omega and Nitro. I was like, hey, you know, soon they'll be big guys, but at the moment they're not. Yeah, now they're going to have to carry the company. Yeah. And boy, howdy, did
2: they. They certainly did. So, yeah, that was early 2016. And then the month after, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, who was Doc Gallows, was finally... You know, when... That the old name finally disappears, mm-hmm. and the WWE name is the name your mind automatically goes to. Yes. Daniel Bryan's Daniel Bryan now, in my head. <laughs> yes. But he was Bryan Danielson for about a year at the start. Yeah. Uh, so that they, they handed in their notes in, like, February or something. So January and February 2019, they were three-year deals. Those four guys' contracts expire in you know, like like five months. Was it Gallows Anderson months? one
1: afterwards? I thought it was at the same time. I thought no, all no, four no. of them were at the same time. No, 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 no. The, wasn't the story as well that Gallows Anderson and AJ were also negotiating with Impact about going over, where they said, yeah, we think we might come mm. over. And then they started making merchandise and started making plans. And then they went to WWE instead.
2: So from what I've read... Uh, Gallows and Anderson might have just signed their WWE contracts a few weeks after.
1: Okay. I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same time. Yes, it is. But yeah. the 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 crux of this is January next year. Yes. All contracts expire and there is the option for them either to re-up or go to Pastures New. Mm. And the
2: really juicy bit from the Observer is that they said New Japan want Nakamura back. He was one of their biggest stars of, well, ever really, mm-hmm. like great performer, wrestler. So, and but Nakamura, I would have said if this was before WrestleMania, I'd have been like, I think he might go. Maybe maybe that's that's a good thing for him. But this heel turn's been phenomenal. But at the same time. He hasn't won the big one after six times of trying. He's got the United States title. He's going to be in a match with Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton at SummerSlam. Jeff Hardy's fifth eye. Yes. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out,
1: folks. Mm. That's what the fifth eye... With the the eyes and the painted eyes. But as we were talking about with El Fakidor, it still doesn't make any sense because in order to show the other eyes, he's got to close two eyes. So at any one time, he still only has two eyes.
2: But yes, and, and the US title is another eye. Which it's not. It's a title, mate. It's, yeah i did So that, that kind of all falls apart a bit nonsense nonsense nakamura i just i just feel like so yeah what do you think nakamura aj gallows anderson
1: well I, I believe the story was as well that one of the reasons why nakamura went to wwe at this point in his career is because like i'm getting older i want to slow down i can't keep up with this new japan style which is kick the crap out of each other I want to I want to go be king of soft style with the miz and just have a nice old time where I I work a lot more dates but I'm doing less and that's a much nicer it's easier on my body he can spend more time surfing he's you know he just feels better about himself that was the story I'd always heard with Nakamura Well you wouldn't get
2: more time You'd be working more if you were working for WWE Dates to and travel wise Na-
1: Nakamura in an interview says that he's got more time oh, now wow. To do his surfing and stuff And he really enjoys his surfing It's one, yeah. of, his, it's one of his hobbies, it's one of his passions
2: Well uh, it's like yeah the, the strong style in Japan You kind of have to work that level And then some all the time yeah. Whereas WWE As Nakamura's main roster Babyface run really did Reveal you can phone it in a lot of the time, yeah. unless you're wrestling John Cena. Explode a suplex onto the head. Uh, he's got to learn to take that, brother. But like th- this heel character that he's got right now, he doesn't. He still doesn't have to. That that heel side of things is making up for the lack of. Really good, like yeah. know, strong style wrestling that we like.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And I think maybe Nakamura could have. He could go back and be. I mean, he'd be a massive star again. They'd push him straight to the moon once again. And he, you know, he'd probably have a lovely old time over there. AJ, on the other hand, AJ the sort of guy. He's on, you know, he's on top of the card on SmackDown. He's not the guy because you can't be when you're on SmackDown, even if you are the WWE champion. Front cover of WWE 2K. But is he? 19? Is he the guy? No, no. no of course, course, he's yeah. not. He's not even like. Man, what do you mean in the top five? Well, in, in what you mean in like as, Vince as,
2: McMahon's eyes? Yeah, no, you've yeah. got Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, yep. and then maybe AJ Styles. Maybe then, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you oh, know, no, well, Randy Orton? Well, one day, no, I think they they see AJ above him hmm. at the moment, at least. Uh, but who's to say AJ doesn't get drafted to Raw eventually? Yeah, which and was Vince the... is apparently a very big fan of AJ, and that apparently was going to happen this year. Yeah, he was yeah. going to get drafted across, so yeah, it was coming out in red T shirt the next week. I was like. Yeah, so you thought you were going <laughs> the other way obviously
1: and uh super whatever that game yeah, is they released yeah. in, they released images of like aj with the raw background and stuff mm. like that but yes yeah, so I, I think aj is most likely will stay with ww i think he would re-up and stay there he's said in interviews as well like that he if his body
2: can still do it he's still gonna do it but at the same time he's got kids yep. and he wants to see them he's, he's like missed too many dance recitals or basketball games or whatever it is that the kids do these days well
1: exactly yeah like he can stay in wwe make a lot of money working in wwe and i think he said he was going to retire in like three to four years anyway mm. so just spend those next three four years working in on top, big air quotes for podcast listeners, of the company in WWE, make an absolute truckload of money, and then be like, "Cool, and now I'm just going to retire." Yeah, he's 42. Exactly, 42 yeah, 40, right yeah, now. Yeah, he could just go be a, he could, you know, sign on to be a brand ambassador for the company mm. instead, and you know, just do talk stuff. Do or you know, just do big, a super reduced schedule? Yeah, you know, just go out and do WrestleManias. Mm. You know, just be, take that sort of that Undertaker, John Cena schedule, and just you know, do you do your big four? Yeah, and just be one of those guys.
2: So AJ, I'm I think. No he's not going to move Nakamura I think he'll stay But I wouldn't be surprised if he went back That'd be, like Just shake up this Global wrestling scene And if New Japan really are looking to Expand into the US To hurt WWE N- Nakamura's a guy they've got history with They made him effectively mm-hmm, Absolutely And you know he's the, like Part of going to WWE I think Is to go to WWE Just do it once just I don't want to end my career without saying I never went there. Mm-hmm. So maybe Nakamura's done that. He's had his fill. Maybe he wants to come back home.
1: He's had his WrestleMania. He had mm. his WrestleMania moments. Yeah, can move on into the sun He won the Royal
2: Rumble. Exactly, he was NXT champion. Twice. So, so maybe like maybe New Japan make a big money play for Nakamura. So that would be an interesting like chess piece in this battle, uh, in in global wrestling politics. Gallows
1: and Anderson though. <sighs> I mean, I mean, of all the all four, yeah, these are the lads that you would probably say like I'd probably go back if I were you because the, WWE clearly have no interest in them as a tag team. I think I would imagine going by WWE previous track record, they were only ever really interested in Gallows, and they had zero interest in Carl Anderson. And because Gallows is a big man, he's tall. You can do a lot with a tall guy. He's young guy, as well, and he's young. He's He of, doesn't
2: look young. Yeah, but he's only like. Twenty nine thirty, i think his first run when he was do- uh when he was luke gallows with asbestos yes he was like 21 or
1: something was a young old he boy he looked
2: like 45 <laughs>
1: um but yeah so i think that they are guys that like they're just doing absolutely now on the main it's roster real shame. and really real when you look at it they've done now since debuting they really haven't done anything the old day segments uh, is about the only thing i can think of that they've really done raw tech team champions Yeah, but like, oh, what a a memorable run that was. And those great feuds that they had as champion. Those belts, those tag belts really
2: do ebb and flow with how much attention WWE's placing on them. Like last year, SmackDown, the SmackDown tag belts felt really important with the Usos and the New Day. Yeah. Now the and maybe the raw the raw belts felt important with the bar
1: and stuff, but now you know not so yeah, much. not not so much these days. So yeah, so I I'd imagine that Gallison and Anderson Anderson has always said that he's very happy in mm. WWE again because they're making a lot of money. But are you, are you going to get that itch to just be like, man, I wish I could just go back and really put on great wrestling matches again? Yeah, especially because Carl Anderson is
2: such a good wrestler. Any just like. He's and and but you never see it. Like singles competition, he could go really well there's the well, I can't remember who he faced in the G one, but like it was a near five star match at like five years four or five years ago now. So, so, so maybe Carl Anderson's like, Well, yeah, one more time. I love that and they'd be they'd be they'd be really good back in New Japan and it's it's painful
1: to see them. They're not even in the tag tournament on no. the Smackdown brand well we keep forgetting they're part of Smackdown I'm not sure which brand they're associated with mm. the other thing with Gallows and Anderson as well I would if I was them and I was looking at the situation I would be looking at the state of WWE at the moment and be like well this company doesn't care about tag teams and unfortunately I'm in a tag team and that means I, I, I cannot go anywhere yeah. because they're not going to push me as a singles sc- they're not going to push as a singles guys they're only going to want to push us as a tag team Now if they don't care about the division then why I'm not doing anything mm. all they're doing is house show loops yeah, you know, and house main you look, event. House, house show loops are probably hilarious. I oh, know they don't even have a main events, that's a Raw only thing. Mm. So they're probably having a, a whale of a time uh, on main events. But it's, you know, it, you're, you're doing now to else. When was the last time they were on TV? Yeah. Well, I, oh, they had a feud with the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, a title match
2: at a pay-per-view. I think that fact, no I sh-
1: one remembers. I'm pretty sure Anderson has a singles win over one of them. Might even be Harper. Yeah, and the Bludgeon Brothers
2: don't lose. No, much. they do not. No. Like that
1: should be a really big thing. Yeah. But I can't even remember the details of it. Maybe that's not an invite for you to tell me what the details are. <sighs> I don't really care.
2: Maybe a good way around this would be Gallows to stay in WWE, get that big man push. You could be. The Braun Strowman light of Smackdown. I you were going to say he could be the Tensai. Um, he could really be the Baron Corbin of <laughs> Smackdown. He's much, much better wrestler than Baron Corbin. But Anderson, I just said selfishly, I would love to see him back in New Japan as as a single star, going for yeah. that United States belt.
1: Well, it's what we have said about Daniel Bryan. I mm. think Daniel Bryan is probably very, very happy that he's in WWE. He doesn't have to, you know, you can just go home and see Brie all the time. He's a probably very happy lad in the position that he's currently in. But selfishly, I would love to see him back. You know, having some of these matches in New Japan, going to Ring of Honor and doing some stuff there. Selfishly, I would love to see that. But I am sure that Daniel Bryan is probably very happy in the position that he's in.
2: Well, I was. Or is he? Depending on what you shoot, comments you want to believe. And and the Miz's promo. So Meltzer on Thursday's Wrestling Observer Radio said was talking about that promo between the Miz and Daniel Bryan, and the Miz says. Why don't you just let your contract expire and go and wrestle in indie things? In front of dozens of people. Yeah, Meltzer goes that you know someone's given him that material and okayed it. WWE
1: backstage aren't happy
2: that Daniel Bryan hasn't
1: re-signed. Yeah,
2: and you're like, it's getting close,
1: mate. It's August. Or or and perhaps this is me playing the devil's advocate here he has re-signed or they're very close to these negotiations and they're just putting that in there because they want to stir the internet pot. They want to get the idea. It's that Vince Russo thing. You want to get them talking.
2: I've just thought of something else. Maybe SummerSlam will be a match with Brian's career on the line. Miz hasn't accepted Daniel Bryan's challenge yet. Mm. Maybe the next development is Brian to be like, I want to kick your ass so bad. and I believe in it. That I will put my career on the line. Yeah, that maybe. I just yeah, got yeah. back. Yeah, and that's what you have at Summerslam. You don't let out that he has resigned, and he wins. And I, that would be a really dramatic stipulation, and it it really has like a sort of poetic justice to it. Because Miz can say, I started your career in NXT and now I'm going to end it at oh, SummerSlam.
1: I really hope that's... Isn't a very, that good? And in fact, it's now it's at the point, if they don't go in that direction, I'm going to be really annoyed. I was talking about fandom with someone last night. Fandom?
2: Fandom. It's where, like, fan reactions... He was saying, isn't it a shame these days where fans say stuff on the internet and then they backlash people? Like, say you've written uh, a book... And then by the next book, you can't write the book you want to write because all the fans are like, no, these two characters should get together. This should happen. This should happen. The Last Jedi. And I was, uh, like, as he was saying it, I was like, that's my job. <laughs> 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 oh, dear uh, so, yeah. me. I like that as a term, though. Fan, I've never heard that one yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, apparently that's the, the term. I thought he said Femdon, which is something very <laughs> Very different. different. Uh, so I was like, so th- the title of this video is Should WWE Stars Go Back to New Japan? And I was like, well, should, could we talk about Daniel Bryan? Because has, it, has he been in New Japan? I don't like, I feel like he has, but I've got to Google this to be certain.
1: Well, it's, the, it's that thing with like Jericho. Like, if Jericho hadn't wrestled mm. there this year, would you have been like, did Jericho wrestle yeah. there? I mean, and he, it turns out he did, like, way, way, way back when. In a tag
2: team with Jado. Or was it, might not have even been that. So uh, I I found a match from 2003. With the American Dragon, mm-hmm. of course, now Daniel Bryan, teaming, don't look, with Canadian Shadow. Well, unfortunately, I've already seen him. Ah.
1: Who's Victor <laughs> in WWE? The Ascension's Victor. Him, he's the one who, obviously, Connor's the bigger lad. He's the one with the same sort of hairline that I've got, where it's. Actually, no, because he's got. Widow's Peak. It's thing. very much a Widow's Peak. Also, as Simon Miller pointed out, has got the worst dress sense ever, because he tears his t-shirts all the way down so it's literally just like the neckline and a line it's mm. like well that's not covering anything is it that's not doing anything for Gonna you going get banned. uh so yeah D- daniel bryan was there so daniel
2: bryan would be another person i've written brock lesnar here <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <gasps> <gasps> because <gasps> he was a former iwgp heavyweight champion he lest indeed. we all forget absolutely. chris
1: jericho's already there finn balor luke absolutely balor boy go back as Devitt. Go, you know, go under his, but uh, do, his... I
2: mean, do you... Th- I don't know when... We don't know Bala's contract status, but, I mean, talking about a guy who's who's reached a level and I don't think will ever break out of it when with this WWE management.
1: No, do you remember how we were saying um, when we were reviewing Raw and they were in the geek locker room with all of like, the main event guys hoping, all putting their gear on hoping to get booked for main events and... Bobby Roode walks into it and you're like, oh cool, so you're part of this locker room then. That's where you are on this card. It's funny, someone just tweeted me actually, um, from Cageside Seat, probably about a year ago or so, um, a Bobby Roode rumour that was like, um, hey, Bobby Roode is being earmarked to be one of the top five guys on that. whichever brand he's a part of. And, mm. oh sorry, I didn't put my phone on Airplay mode, so I apologise. In fact, I might do that now. Well, well done, mate. You're welcome, Always the professional. professional. Um... So, sorry, it was my sister-in-law. Um, and what was I saying? About, Finn, uh, yeah, Bobby so, Roode. Bobby Roode. So he's very much now, that's the position that he is in. Mm. And you kind of get that feeling with Balor as well. It's like, Balor, what is your position on the card? Well, you are a lower mid-card guy, I suppose. Sometimes you get to go slightly upper because you get to work with Rollins or Baron Corbin, who's taller than you. Ergo, he must be better. But there's no way in heckins you're back in that Universal Championship picture anymore because I guess that that injury just soured Vince on Mm. him. And just be like, he's injury prone, can't be trusted with the belt. Don't push him. What's his character? What's his character? Makeup,
2: okay. Oh, the makeup's not over. What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's... So I would... I I don't think... Finn would go back there. I don't know what go he feels. To, he, go back to New Japan? Yeah,
1: he always looks so happy. Well, <laughs> but is it a dead smile? Is it a dead There's nothing behind yeah. that smile. Depends on, like, you know, how much Lego he wants to buy, really. Like, is he going to make more money working in WWE to buy loads of Lego? Or is he happy going over to New Japan? Maybe not making quite as much money, but having to buy less Lego. Mm. Maybe that's, that's the conundrum that he's got.
2: Uh, but I would like to see Finn Balor go back to New Japan. Absolutely. Imagine, like, working in that. Best. well was he he was was he a junior he was was and he worked his way up to a heavyweight so yeah and the other guy i've got here who did wrestle in the best of the super juniors tournament just before the new japan cup just before he was signed to his nxt deal neville
1: Mm -hmm. well you know he's a guy that and he will be like once that WWE contract expires, whenever that is, or if if. if if you know if his lawyers can get him out of whatever deal that he's currently because at the moment the rumor is they're essentially just paying him to stay at home, so he can't go to New Japan, he can't do All In, he can't do the cruise. And um, Jericho's cruise, that is. I mean, he could probably, you know, he might want to do other cruises. International waters? Where, where does the legality <laughs> stand when you're out there? Well, it depends if it's a wrestling show or not. He could probably go onto a cruise and do some crooning, mm. but he can't go and do a wrestling show on a cruise. I think he that's He could just where hang should... out on the cruise. Well, he could. That's what yeah. I mean. He could go on the, He could entertain, call Bingo and do all that. He'd probably have a whale of a time. But he's the sort of guy that once that contract is off, then he's going to be all over the place he's going to be doing rev pro he's going to be doing progress he's going to be doing new japan he's going to be doing ring of honor he'll be he'll be all over the show once that contract is up because i think with neville as well and this is kind of like where i'd like i'd like to think that his mindset is at the moment the less he or the more time he's not in wwe the more his stock rises Mm. because the more anticipation we'll have to see him get back into a wrestling ring and that's when he will get we're really excited to see him back
3: (laughs)
1: it's time for some of your crap gimmicks now if you're new to this show what a, what is a crap gimmick crap gimmick is when you the swap nation send us your suggestions for crap gimmicks to be entered into cg dub crap gimmick wrestling cg dub cg dub cg dub I went i did the three i know the three repeats like we talked about on Ramble club which you, you can be a part of two. sorry well I, I, i'm conscious for time Um, Which I thought I'd waste by explaining to you that I'm conscious for time. So if you'd imagine what a crap gimmick is, it's like... 90s WWF, you are a wrestler and a blank. Let's see what we've got this week. Skyler has suggested the kleptomaniac. The mm. kleptomaniac is a wrestler who struggles with his addiction of stealing things, whether it be a pen from the bank teller or the phone from your pocket, and uses wrestling as a therapeutic catharsis to work through his issues. Alongside him is his manager, a portly psychiatrist by the name of Dr. Morton. The kleptomaniac comes across as a harmless, slender, disheveled young adult. Think Spike Dudley, who enjoys interacting with the fans on the way to the ring, as a means to swipe merch from them and wear it himself. Only for Mr. Morton to promptly return it to his owners with an apology. Once in the ring, however, the kleptomaniac goes into action, often struggling valiantly against bigger, more powerful, or technical foes. When put to the ropes, figuratively or literally, the kleptomaniac will often resort to stealing the moves, effective uh, the stealing the more effective moves of his opponent, trying to win with the signatures and finishes of those he faces. If made even more desperate. The kleptomaniac will even steal the ring bell in an attempt to prevent from being beaten by not allowing an official end to the match. That is the kleptomaniac.
2: That's not bad, you know. I really like the manager dynamic with Dr. What's-his-name? Dr. Name? Morton. Dr. Morton. Is that a pun? Could well be. Something. Uh, I'm sure someone will tell us. And, and I like... Uh, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't go for stealing victories. Mm, yeah. That's how they would win but the it's weird how this keeps coming up in a lot of the crap gimmicks and it's the crap gimmick using someone else's moveset yeah, like it really, that's yeah, their yeah. whole gimmick
1: but here well, i think it works quite well i think it works nicer here than it has done in the past because mm. the often uh, thing that we tend to fall into with crap gimmick submissions is that the crap gimmick will they'll be really good but as soon as they get in the ring they're rubbish and they're always beaten up, and then steal something in order to get a victory. I did quite like it here. I particularly like stealing the ring bell. I also love the stealing merchandise off people, you know, slyly, and like just like moving along. Like he hasn't, like you know, it's just absolutely normal to him. Mm-hmm. And then Mister One has to take the hat off and give it back to to the little child that he's stolen it from. I think that's quite cute, really. It's like a reverse Bret Hart. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> and it's it's kind of it's kind of a comedy gimmick as well. I'm trying to, th- I'm sure there's someone who does this. Well, they'll walk along and, you know, take something off and someone puts it back and then he gets it back again. It's very slapstick, mm-hmm, yeah. Lauren Hardy, silent Poor movie villain. style stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, we it's essentially making fun of a serious condition. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a plus in the crap gimmicks wrestling because, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, it's quite offensive. It's crap gimmicks. Absol- they, they've got nowhere
1: else to their trade. And uh, speaking of which, if you want to submit your crap gimmicks, it's Luke at WrestleTalk.com. Got a backlog. I'm actually up now to 170 submissions. It's a popular segment. Popular segment, but that takes us up to June. So if you've sent anything before June and it hasn't been featured, well, actually, it's the end of June, so it's more into July now. So if it hasn't been featured, that means that it has either been used on here or... Or it wasn't good enough to even make it into the cut. Didn't make the cut. Didn't it was It cut. was not crap enough. So when it's like, think of that, you did a good thing. It's, it just wasn't crap enough. Exactly. <laughs> Michael Cruz's suggestion. This crap gimmick is called Mr. Monopoly and is based on a sort of copia- a combination of the popular board game and the Million Dollar Man gimmick. I like this already. He comes out dressed in a suit and wears a monocle on his eye. He is announced as being on the from the corner of Broadwalk and Park Place, which I hmm. think are the purple ones. So that would be palmal for for us. Yeah, because
2: it cha- I didn't know Monopoly was localized. <laughs> when
1: you're a child, yeah you just know the one Monopoly. Yeah, we've got London over here. Yeah. Even and... even if you're in the north, you uh, you played with the London version of Monopoly. Yeah, then... because, uh, what have so, they got up there? <laughs> How very dare you. Um do you know what the first Monopoly board was? Oh, do you know what? I should know this because I actually listened to the audio of the Audible book about this, the creation of Monopoly, but I, I've forgotten what it is. Believe it's Atlantic City. Hmm. Well, I do know that the original point of Monopoly was to show how corporation and greed is a bad thing. But it's um, so much fun. And now it's turned into like, no, corporations and greed is great.
2: Yeah, creating real estate property bubbles that are just going to explode.
1: explode. <laughs> it's meant to tell you, it's meant to warn you. It's like 1984. It's not a blueprint. If people cheat at Monopoly What the
2: hell like, <laughs> I, I hate people who cheat at games
1: I just can't believe we have now uh, Gone two episodes and we've brought up Monopoly In both episodes Because we were talking about Monopoly in the podcast intro yesterday as well Were we? Yeah, Marvel Monopoly I was a oh, player yeah. when I was a university oh, yeah. student.
2: Anyway, sorry, yeah. We're, we're yeah, sorry, Mr. Monopoly thing.
1: So, so he is announced from being on the corn from the corner of Boardwalk and Park Place. During matches, he will pull out a bag that looks like it's going to be a bag of thumbtacks, but it's Monopoly houses. Oh! <laughs> and his finisher would be a top rope leg drop called the bankrupt. And at the end of the match, he would stick Monop- Monopoly money into people's mouths, a la Ted DiBiase. <laughs> really like this that's mr monopoly from michael cruz because and he'll
2: have like white hair the big mustache yep. he'll look like an old small frail guy who can go in the ring and yeah i, I mean he's gonna do he's gonna wrestle like baron corbin yeah with the top hat yeah. not that baron corbin wrestles in a top hat but he does wear a waistcoat it might get him over if he did though yeah uh and but it will cover up his lovely luscious <laughs> long thick flowing hair Baron Corbin Yeah
1: The bald Baron Corbin I was going to Making a, joke. I, say, you for- making a joke. I thought you'd forgotten For a second That he went bald
2: uh, And I think just to add to that I think But it's kind of I was going to say They should take the boot Of the opponent off so
1: he has to walk on the the monopoly, the house. monopoly houses. house. I, I love this idea of doing the big old scoop slam into the monopoly houses yeah. and selling it like it's thumbtacks. Ah! <laughs> that's great! Oh, so great! And
2: I mean the, the promos write themselves pretty much. Yeah, t-
1: for pay per views, he turns up in the
2: race car. <laughs> he's got a dog. He's got like carrying a, an iron. Oh no, he's got the iron. Yeah, boom, boom! That's a weapon. <laughs> oh, the the iron. Thimble was
1: it? Yeah, it was, there was a thimble as yeah. well. I think that got retired from the game, unfortunately. I but mean, I never really knew what it was. Look at you—we're so old school with mm. our Monopoly references. You can tell when we were born. To peep, to, are the pieces also universal, or are they localized too? I—that
2: I do not know. Like they... in America, do they get guns, <laughs> or bales of hay? <laughs> I don't know. Is that what America is to you? It's that, the, I mean, it's... of all the
1: countries, yeah, cowboys. I was thinking like eagles, flags. No, you're all about guns and bales of hay. Wheat.
2: Cowboy hats would have been better. On retro, um, <laughs> on reflection.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, next up we've got Luke Croft Faulkner has suggested the executioner. That's already, that's a great name. The Lord M- Croft Luke Croft Faulkner. The uh, the Executioner. This muscly giant comes down to the ring dressed as a medieval Executioner with a black hood and an oversized axe over his shoulder. The Executioner is here to restore order to the Crap Gimmick roster mm. and execute all of those who stand in the path of him rectifying the injustice of the Executioner, not being the whatever champion we have. So is the CG dub champ. His entrance music is Gallows Pole by Led Zeppelin and is accompanied to the ring by his two companions. The first is a man dressed up as an old style judge who is the Executioner executioner's mouthpiece. Because the executioner doesn't talk, the judge does all the talking for him by cutting promos, uh, telling his opponents of why they are guilty. Could be them being an undeserving champion or just cheating in matches. With this, the judge sentences them to trial by combat against the executioner. He doesn't actually list who the second person is. So... Hmm. Slightly missing there. The executioner's fighting style is that of your typical giant. He delivers a lot of big power moves and stiff shots and wears his opponents down so they cannot stand up any longer. With this, when his opponent is on their knees, the executioner starts to execute pun intended his signature move the verdict this is where he pulls his thumb out similar to that of the roman emperor and defend uh, def- defeating the reaction to the crowd the judge outside uh blah, 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 rather renders his opponent not guilty by putting the thumb up or simply walking away and getting himself counted out or he renders them guilty to which he puts his thumb down and gives them a big old running boot whilst they are still kneeling on the ground after this even though he could pin them from that he picks up his opponents and ends the match with a standing guillotine to which most people pass or tap out from.
2: That's too good. (laughs) That's not a crap gimmick. I I was thinking about this as you were talking. I thought, you know what? I've never seen... I'm sure it's been done, though. I've never seen, like, a lucha mask with the executioner, the old, like... Slit. Yeah, the slit and the the sort of fabric that goes beneath it and and
1: flops around. Mm -hmm. That's a cool look. The only... My other downside to this as well, I feel, is that an executioner would have... This is like he's standing up for truth and justice. Executions would hired guns. Mm. You know, it was the... The king that was the person who was being like, "You are, I'm sentenced to you to death. The executioner was just there to swing the axe. They, weren't to, to, they didn't decide whether or not they did something or anything like that. So this almost feels like it should be a heel. But this guy feels like he's a baby face.
2: Yeah, like a hired muscle for the heel authority figure.
1: Exactly. Like this, this judge really should be a king. The mm. king is out there as like his second, his manager. He's the real heel villain. And he's using yeah, this yeah. big, muscly giant as his like, right arm of the law.
2: But at the end of the day, this is like a decent gimmick. It, I, I quite like the character. So, of all of them, I mean, it's Mr. Monopoly. I mean, it's Mr. Monopoly, me. really, isn't it? Come oh, on, we're Mr. signing Monopoly. you, Monopoly.
1: And if you want to submit anything to the mailbag, all you have to do is become one of our legendary pledge hammers by pledging on Patreon of any dollar amount. And if you are a $10 or above.
2: Did I say that right? Or above. Or above. There's an extra, there's a letter in there that I missed out. No, no. Or above. Or above. Or above. $10 or above. (laughs) Then you would have got yesterday, hopefully, if Luke's finished editing it, Ramble Club, where we'll be revealing our top Five wrestling matches of the month outside of WWE. Our Fab Five matches, mm. if you will. Uh the G One climax, Slam NXT. Oh, it's been a great old month. G one yes.
1: special. It's been a good old month. In fact, and I don't want to give anything away, but you'll get to hear me be very, very salty about a very, very salty Jim Ross. Yeah, so Luke oh even finds
2: a way to be negative on our top five <laughs> matches of a the fab month. Five. Uh And also, probably the best chapter we've ever read. Oh, so good. We are now
1: 50 pages in. It's quite neat. That's good. And that's your point as well about is it 42
2: pages? 42 pages. The page 42 is generally where a book gets all the characters sorted out and the expositions down, and you're on with the story. And the tease at the end Mm. of that chapter
1: as we get to page 50 is superb. I mean, I almost want to read it just no, to get people no, to pay. Absolutely not. So we've got a mailbag here. Hello, Luke and Ollie. This is uh, from Buttered Toast. I was curious if you were a spoon. What spoon would you be?
2: <sighs> be the big biggest spoon. The uh, so I thought that that this all started the spoon thing on the podcast. People who don't listen to the podcast, they're going to be like, "What are is this a talking about?" Thing? Uh, I thought that dessert spoons were tablespoons, but tablespoons are actually a lot larger. And I like... That's a, that's a hell of a spoon. So I'm a tablespoon. But that isn't a dessert... Sp- this is a dessert spoon. Look. A tablespoon is bigger than that. Mm-hmm. What, what would you be?
1: Uh, I think I'd probably be a spork. Misunderstood. Mm. Useful. But just really misunderstood. What's misunderstood about it? Well, people hate sporks. They just think they're stupid. Huh. I think that was probably where I'd go. Okay, yeah. Uh, Marcel Drurer has emailed in to say, Hey, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. When I look back to my childhood... He's in there, he's waving to us. (laughs) Edit! (laughs) Keep editing! When I look back to my childhood days of being a wrestling fan, I always think about who were my top stars back then. For me it was the mid 90s, it was Shawn Michaels, yeah I'm one of the few, Big Daddy Cool Diesel fans. But today I am ask myself who the top stars are and who my top feud would be. You know those rivalries that you think at that moment are destined to go on forever. A blood feud of the calibre of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Back in the day the most eternal feud in my eyes was Owen and Bret Hart, a sibling rivalry destined to go on forever. My question for you too is, what is is the feud for you when you grew up i think i know what my answer would be here because it's the feud that i'd like instantly i was i was hooked and this Mm. is what you know because i was a a wrestling fantasy late 1999 getting into the early 2000s so this was the one that sucked me in and got me there all the time it's triple h cactus jack
2: Mm -hmm.
1: oh my god that is a feud i i think about and it gives me goosebumps that promo package before royal rumble 2000 it only went two months really and you lead that into No Way Out 2000. Oh, man, that Hell in a Cell match is apt- mwah, so good. But apart from that, I suppose it feels like they could fight forever would be Triple H and The Rock. Mm, yeah. And uh,
2: Triple H. And st- sorry, Stone Cold and The Rock. Stone Cold and The Rock's another as well. one. Well, I am. Um, this is a tough one. My mind. Um, I think I'm going to say what my mind immediately served up. Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho. Mm, good shout. I was so into that, like it was like three match series because I was super into the Intercontinental Title as a kid, mm-hmm. the Workhorse Belt. Yeah, and I loved, obviously, you know, d- standard disclaimer that he went on to do horrible things, but tell that to two thousand and one or two thousand <laughs> Uh Yeah, I, I thought that was a, a great feud, and I was just so into both their characters. Yeah, that would be. I don't know why. That one springs to mind. First.
1: Absolutely. The other one I'd go to as well was um, Hardy's Dudley's Edge and Christian. Mm-hmm. That sort of three-way tag team feud that went on for a long old time, and I loved every time like the, the variations they got from that. And talking about eternal feuds, like feuds that never end. Like if they went into and they they have
2: done in in TNA back when it was called TNA, that uh, when they start up that fight again, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I believe you are still all warring. Yeah. And it was you could just go away and then come back. It didn't. That You still had all that fire and tension.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Marcel Drawer as well adds here that he is uh, sending the Crap Gimmick roster submission from February. So maybe resubmit it and give it another shot. Uh, he also, Marcel Drawer is the guy who thinks we should drop Rusev Hayes from the pod. Rusev party. Hayes! He believes, his argument is, that people only send them in. We get a lot of them, but they only send them in because they're easy submissions. But no one actually enjoys listening to them. Well, let us know your thoughts, exactly. Swaf Nation and Pod Swafters. Connor Barth emails in uh, Hello, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. Got to show Fake It Awesome love. My name is Connor. I'm a Stop $10 pledge hammer, and I have a question. Uh, this is in regards to the uh, Raw from the 31st of July. Reigns got a really good reaction at the end of the show, and the fans genuinely wanted him to come out and beat up Brock Lesnar. Do you think WWE have finally conquered this uphill battle, and fans and Reigns and WWE can sustain this, and how do you suggest they do? do this thank you for all the consistent content and great information um no. that's from Connor bath as he calls himself Connor bath in the blood of his enemies that's uh, his, pe- his pledge emanates. which he doesn't understand apparently oh it's well it's because bath maybe he says bath
2: maybe so bath is how i would say a bath of water yep. you know you have a shower and a bath a bathroom <laughs> a bathroom yeah bathroom bathroom garage uh so i know no, I don't think that Roman Reigns is over the way WWE want him to. I think a large part of those cheers came because it's Miami. That's his home
1: kind of area. It's his home state. As we yeah. sort of incorrectly said, we said I well I I said I didn't know uh if Pensacola was close to it. apparently it's as close as Cornwall is to Edinburgh. Oh so Nowhere near (laughs) (laughs) Nowhere near, apparently. Um, So, yeah, it's probably not as close as we may have think. But it still is home state, so maybe that had something to do with it. But, you know, he was also cheered the week previous. I always find that with Roman, though, and I think I said this on Twitter in the week, there's always an excuse for why he gets cheered. Like, no one can just admit that there is a portion of the fans that like Roman Reigns. And there is a portion of the fans that like Roman Reigns. It's just that the people who don't like Roman Reigns are a probably larger portion, and they're louder. I, uh...
2: It's it's just a shame that this is WWE's top star, not just on Raw or, or on not yeah not just on Raw, but for the whole company. That's the guy they want to lead into the future, and he's getting tepid reactions. Like it, this is like oh wow, the crowd were on Roman's side. Like well they were, but like was it deafening cheers of Rocky Rocky? Was it everyone wanting Stone Cold to come out? No, it was like. Just this lukewarm,
1: we want Roman. Yeah, it wasn't like when he won the title um, during that whole Vince McMahon and League of Dorks um, thing that they did like in Philly. And that, that was a Philly crowd that they were super yeah, into Roman that then. Good, good booking, that was. Good that booking. Match. But like that they never managed to sustain that at all. Um, uh, to Lita Ree Stanley, thank you for very much for becoming a pledge hammer uh, recently, but I'm not overly sure on your question. So you could try and reword it because it's about the women's division. I think what you're asking is if a woman can transcend the women's division into the men's division and who would you like to see become wwe champion i think that's the question but if
2: wwe is serious about the women's division when slash who do you think their top
1: champion will be a woman so i think it's like when do you think uh, when will a woman become wwe champion the answer is never um my lady partner wanted ask her to storm and win money in the bank and beat brock in less than two minutes what (laughs) But I've got to ask this question from Mm. the Dashing Dan before we move on. I think I might be the only wrestling fan who thinks Seth Rollins is overrated. In my opinion, he puts on the same match every time, with the same forced spots that eventually lead to a finish no matter who he is fighting. I would really like your opinions on how Rollins can justifiably be called Red Hot Rollins. Why should I not see him as just another overhyped spot monkey, and is there anyone on the main roster whose in-ring work you prefer? Keep up the consistent work and thanks for the great rambling the dashing dan oh i wanted to get to that one because i knew you would be okay well
2: you know but like all these things to each their you're, own. Not, you're not you're not completely wrong I, I don't like seth rollins dives like the dive to the sometimes it works when dive to the outside dive to the outside when six man tags or tag matches or when drew catches him yeah but uh mostly i think uh you know for me, Jay Lethal's the man of dives. Those ones where he just does one after the other after the other. Ember Moon. Ember, Moon Ember Moon's dive's fantastic, but Seth's... I'm, ne- I'm never like, wow, a dive. I'm just like, ah, a dive. No, that is a dot, move. Dot, 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 dive. Yep. Uh, but I would argue that Seth Rollins... I see what you mean about him doing the same match all the time. And there is definitely a template, but... Rick Flair had a template, Bret Hart, Hart had a, a template. template. you know that's the John Cena, the Rock. you've got these same Austin moves that you template. run through, yeah that's, it's kind of like a greatest hits tour when you become that level of star. People want to see those moments in the match, but what really is smart about Rollins is that he can riff on them ever so slightly, like sometimes someone pins him off the superplex into the Falcon Arrow spot. Sometimes he doesn't hit the curb stomp just yet. And I think the way he adds in all these wrinkles and subverts what you think is going to happen is, you know, like a kick out when it previously you would think there's a kick, uh, a pin there. I think I think he's remarkable, and what he really has carried the wrestling portion of Raw. And granted, he has been given that opportunity. There's several other people, you know, like Finn Balor could be the guy to carry the wrestling. Dolph Ziggler could be. Drew McIntyre could be. But Seth Rollins has had that spot since February, really, in that Gauntlet match, and he's done a great job with it. And he is, for me, the most over guy in on Raw, apart from Braun. Like, d- the ma- but during the matches, Yeah, I suppose because people just want to pop for Braun big spots. Yeah, like I don't, and overall, I don't think a Braun title win, like a WWE Championship win, would be that big. But I feel like Rollins winning it. The crowd would get so into him And so behind him It would be a a better release
1: Well I completely agree Because I think with Braun People would pop that Braun won Mm. And then Because when Braun wrestles People They pop when Braun does his Braun spots. When Seth wrestles, people are into the whole match, and they just want to see Seth win. And my uh, argument, Dash, dead. Of course, you're not wrong in your opinion. If you want to think he's an, uh, if you think that he is a overhyped spot monkey, you're absolutely, you know, just in the same way that Jim Cornette is allowed to think that of the Young Bucks. You know, it's different strokes for different folks. There are people who like Roman Reigns. There are people that don't like him. For me, though, what I like about Seth is that he is one of those wrestlers that he's not all just about the notes He is about the beats between the notes as well he's you know like a great musician he doesn't just do here is the notes that we're going to play he focuses on what you do in between those to really em like to make a song better than just a song um and uh, that's what i really like about rollins and i think he's a really exceptional worker
3: mm.
2: in terms of whose work on the main roster do i enjoy more um currently no one on raw but on SmackDown. I would say like I really like watching the Usos tag. Yeah. Uh AJ Joe. Um the, i see AJ I would put Rollins above AJ at the moment. I know like if they were allowed to do the same sorts of matches AJ would probably win out but and, and <laughs> Joe Joe yeah. often does like Joe doesn't always have those classics. I love Joe's presence but wrestling wise like a, he can he I, can have bad matches like Samoa Joe and Seth Rollins's feud is quite a good example of <laughs> yeah, that. Like something true. just didn't click.
1: Yeah, then. but I I think that Joe like AJ is someone on SmackDown, and I feel it's actually a lot for SmackDown guys at the moment. They don't give given the chance to go out there and mm. have these because Raw's got the 20, you know got the extra hour to play with. They can go out and have twenty minute matches. Smack doesn't have that luxury because. They've got time constraints. You've got because to have, you've got eight promo segments to have. You've got to have five-minute matches with mm. an ad break in them. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a couple of people, maybe, that I would say. but I'm Brian. I, yeah, Daniel Bryan. Absolutely. So we've got a Rusev Hay coming in. Rusev from,
2: Hay! From
1: Livia. Uh, dear Luke and Ollie, I would like to tell you both somewhat wrestling encounters. I've got two of them. So this was the raw. That after guy's th- gonna be stewing. <laughs> two, gonna sit through two now. So this was the raw after SummerSlam 2016. Me and my family were leaving the show, and we just happened to have parked on a street behind the parking lot of the venue. So when we were walking, me and my cousin saw the new day on the bus. Not only that, but on the there was
2: not only oh, th- not like a, not like a. A London bus, not
1: like a tour the bus. The tour bus, sure, yeah. Sure. Not only that, but there was Kevin Owens walking towards some fans. Here comes the cringe alert. So I decided to yell, Hi, Kevin! Like Spongebob from that <laughs> one episode. I felt so embarrassed because he didn't even answer me. Uh... Number two, this one probably doesn't count, but it happened in late February. I was at an airport with my mum to get someone. As we were leaving, I saw a guy who looked like Mick Foley. To so me, my brother freaked out. Sadly, we were too far from my mum to let me and my brother meet him. I didn't get a photo. I Also, like I say, I love the podcast on YouTube channel so right, that one do,
2: that one doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just seeing someone Okay, doesn't... okay. So Rusev Rusev Hey obviously let us know because if people are it could, that could be a thing like people like don't like hearing them as much as we like reading them and people like sending them. So let us know on that. But if Rusev Hay wins out, I propose that we add a new Rusev Hay on called Rusev, maybe?
1: <laughs> where, sort of. half meets Where you think you might have seen a wrestler. Now, it'd just be those people just walking into um, Stefan Zucic, that guy that emails in, people thinking he's Zack Ryder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Sister, times you've been mistaken for wrestling personalities. Just things... That are one step more boring than <laughs>
1: the Rusevés. Uh, a correction on yesterday's episode as well. Um, you know I said that someone suggested calling it the Spoon Warriors for whenever you do spoon mm. chats or spooning with Ollie Davis. I misremembered what it was. In fact, I'd gone to their original name because Sasha Waltenholm got in touch to say, like, how the hell did Spoon Warriors get in over my suggestion of Legion of Spoons? Oh,
2: that's much See, better. that
1: makes sense, but I went to their original name of the Road Warriors rather than the Legion of Doom, and that's where my confusion came in. I misremembered it.
2: Well, now you've said it, it's time the legion of spoons with ollie davis today's spoon folks is a rat tail spoon rat tail all one word developed in the later 17th century which is the 1600s always confuses Mm -hmm. me Uh, with a thin pointed tongue on the bottom of the bowl to reinforce reinforce the joint of bowl and handle Mm. yeah you can't click that one it (laughs) hasn't got its own entry it's got its own Wikipedia page. Clearly
1: not that interesting then. Uh Matt Dagnall has sent in a Rusev hey. Hi Luke, not Ollie. Just wanted to chip in with a short Rusev Hey from this week. This was six days ago, so two weeks ago by this point. I was at Progress Chapter 74 for Travis Banks versus Volta for oh, the title. What a match that sounds and like. as Walter won the title, there was a massive pop. And in the middle of this, someone was standing on a chair on um someone was standing on a chair and fell into my lap. Huh. This seemed odd to me as no one had been in that seat that the person had fallen from and they got up and it emerged it was Trent Seven celebrating Walter's win (laughs) he apologized to me in his lovely northern accent more Midlands uh wished me the best and walked away after leaving me in shock that's all just a bizarre moment he was wearing normal clothes and wasn't wrestling that night so I literally didn't notice him until he fell on me keep up the good work for the show it's consistently consistent never ceases to consistently amaze me p.s. Walter is amazing I'm I'm so jealous you got to see Walter at the um, New Japan shows that I couldn't go to.
2: Yeah, yeah, him versus that was one of the be- best matches of that show. Well, of course, it was well, amazing. Um, Nagata, yeah, usually Nagata. Good. Unfortunately, Nagata started to chicken out and turn away from the chops. Can, can we? We're skirting past the fact that Trent Seven isn't the lightest fellow. <laughs> no, he is not. For him to land on your
1: lap, yeah. Oh. I hope you're okay, mate Absolutely, I hope he you're okay He tweaked his moustache before he went <laughs> Sorry there, mate I appear to have fallen on your lap there, man Sorry, got to go get the NXT Tag Team Championships while I'm at it Come along there, Toiler
2: Okay, <laughs> Just... be with you in a sec
1: <laughs> uh, We've got an Agony Arts request Ooh. here from Oh, no, I nearly said his name there I'm not going to say his <laughs> name because it's anonymous. We agree it's anonymous Let's keep Steve's name out of it <laughs> Um, I'm going to have to skip past this a little bit because he actually talks about, uh, they talk about an email that they've uh, sent in previously it's Terrible at this unknown, this thing I've been finding a lot of the agony art stuff on the podcast very interesting and also very relatable. I thought I'd share one of my own stories to show that sometimes just being friends with someone you have feelings for is not always a bad thing. So he's actually not looking for any uh, advice from us. I finished secondary school two years ago. Congratulations. And during the latter part of that year, I became with friends in my class, uh, became friends with a girl in my class. Nicole. Mm. During the summer of 2016 we spent a lot of time hanging around with our group of mutual friends and we'd spend most of those times talking amongst ourselves. I was absolutely head over heels for this girl but I always knew she didn't feel the same way back. Didn't bother me all the time but there were moments where I'd think God I love this girl but I know there isn't a chance I'll ever be with her. During our grads or prom as it's known in the States, it's not even called grads here, uh, dinner and dance as it was called for us. I just when we called it a prom lame. Me and... Now, this is weird here, because he then says... During our grads, me and Trisha spent a lot of that night together. And after a substantial amount of alcohol was consumed, she was telling me how glad she was that we became friends and we decided to hit the dance floor. And while we were giving it socks, she sh- she hugged me in the middle of a song and I almost made a move on her. And this is where it's confusing because I previously called it's her Nicole. Nicole yeah. Now she's Trisha. That's not an autocorrect thing. Mm. However, I knew that if I didn't, it could ruin one of the best nights I'd ever have and also a, re- a friendship which was still quite new at this point. Back to it, me and Nicole were in the same college... That could have been just a Freudian slip, I suppose. Mm. Maybe he's now dating a woman named Trisha, and it was yeah, just a yeah, Freudian yeah. slip. Me and Nicole were in the same college, but we tra- and we'd travel together to our class. timetables, very similar. One day, we were on the same train, and we decided to organize a big reunion for our school friends in the pub. Towards the end of the night, we'd once again consumed a decent amount of alcohol. And we're out in the smoking area, and I offered her a cigarette. I've sm- stopped smoking since, though. Don't worry. Good well lad. Done. To be honest, I can't remember what we were talking about, but then one thing led to another, and we ended up kissing. I was on cloud nine I just kissed the girl that I had a massive crush on however when I woke up the following morning I was fearful that the moment we shared might have made things awkward between us and I was worried that our friendship was over I rang her to ask how she felt and she replied with I'd take a lot more, it would take a lot more than that for us to stop being friends which is probably the nicest way I've ever been friend zoned (laughs) I opened up my feelings about her and we went for lunch during our midterm break from college she thanked me for being so honest and not being a creep about it. Surprisingly this never made things awkward between us and our wow. friendship grew even stronger. Our attitude was that if I had the courage to tell her that I had feelings for her, that neither of us should be able to afraid to tell each other anything. Nicole, back to Nicole, remains one of my best friends to this day, and I've been seeing a different uh okay. and I've been seeing a different girl the last three months and I've never been happier. I wonder if that's Trisha. Mm. Sorry for the long email, but I just wanted to show that not every crush ends in heartache, and if someone has similar feelings for a boy or girl like I had for Nicole, I hope this story might help from Anonymous.
2: I warn thee in the future if you ever come to marry this Trisha. <laughs> and you have already Take thee, Rachel. Yeah, you have already swapped names. By accident, yeah. Just, just take take Ross Geller's example, <laughs> as we all should. Yeah, just, just he's a
1: he's a beacon <laughs> of of stuff you shouldn't do in relationships. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, I because I actually had a similar situation, but it went the opposite direction. Me and this girl were very, very close, very good friends at school. We nearly ended up uh, living together after um, I got out because we both went to the same university. I had massive feelings for. Her. I was I was smitten with this girl. And we nearly moved into each other, moved in with each other rather, after university because we were just still very good friends. And on a drunken night out of my 22nd birthday, I walked her home and we ended up making out quite a lot. And that was, for me, in my moronic state, was just like, this is it now. Finally, we have reached this point. It was not. Mm. She was just like, you know, it was something that was probably going to happen because of our friendship, but it can't go any further than that. And I was like, ah.
2: So all these examples. The people of, and this is like my thing, you don't end up with the girl, very rarely, so you didn't end up with your one. I did not. Uh, I married anonymous. Else. Uh, didn't end up with theirs. No. I just, I just, I'm not friends with any girls. It's <laughs> how I stay away from it.
1: Right, we're going to close off this episode with Marcel Drawer's favourite segment, Poetry Corner. Let's just step into Poetry. Oh, we didn't even talk about your book thing we, we can got talk got sidetracked. About that. I haven't even talked about my Spielberg marathon. We gonna talk about it, but do it quickly because we're running out of time.
2: I've, uh, so I've got a writing group off the back of my writing classes where the, the super geeks of the class all still get together. We've uh, done a few Wednesdays now, and I had to pitch my full outline, and me being me, my full outline. Well, everyone else's full outline is, you know, this is what happens in Chapter 1. A couple of seconds, Chapter 2 is like this, and, you know takes about ten minutes to go through an outline. My one was three thousand words, and uh, you know, with detailed beat sheets for each scene. I didn't didn't send those across, and uh, uh, like what like when I emailed it around to everyone, and one of the guys was like, "Oh, I've only got the outline for chapter one." I was like, "Yeah, you're gonna want to scroll down a bit more." <laughs> oh, there's nine chapters. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, it's gone well. Everyone dug it, um, and they th- there was still no. Like constructive criticism, which I guess is a good thing because we're all at we're all at the space where we can we'll happily like if something's not good, we won't say that sucks, but we'll go like, Oh, have you thought about this? And no one even did that. So either I'm beyond saving or it's a good thing. And uh Or yeah, no one uh, understands <coughs> it and they yeah, can't criticize it. That's also a big part of it. It's pretty <laughs> dense.
1: It's like watching Interstellar for the first time oh, you're like, I know. oh,
2: Is it good? I'm and not sure. Someone was like, Oh what and so it's like so they're doing this thing to this person? I was like <laughs> Okay, I didn't go into that bit. But, <laughs> and that, so that's this, and uh, so I've written I've written three thousand words of outline, and I've written three thousand words of chapter one already. Mm. Fifty thousand words is a two hundred page book. I thought it was more words.
1: Well, my so I feel like I'm, I'm halfway there. My book is. Right. I mean, it's just down there. But that was 175,000 words, I think, in total by the end of it.
2: 175. And you've got 300. But you've got small text and big pages. Yeah. There's a lot of words in that. But yeah. Um, if anyone... I mean, I don't know what the appetite is. I was thinking about, like, God, when oh, I finish it? Oh, if
1: you open this up, loads of people... Because I want to I mm.
2: read it. I want to at least hear parts of it. Yeah, well, I'm not going to do it for free, mate. No, Patreon. I was going to say, I don't know what the best thing is, like Kickstarter Patreon. or pre-order in advance.
1: Set it through Cartel.
2: Yeah, well, you don't have to... Your money isn't taken if I never finish it. <laughs> but it's just a nice way to see interest if mm. there is... Like, my my pre-existing audience, how much I can exploit them.
1: And just quickly before we do a Poetry Corner, this Mm. weekend I am doing a Steven Spielberg retrospective with my friends. We all voted on our top eight Spielberg movies. The points were collated up and we're going to be watching eight Spielberg movies back to back. Would you like to hear what's on the list? I mean, you more or less know. Hit me up. So we have got Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan. In this order? I think this is your... In fact, I can tell I you... don't the, want
2: to start with Schindler's list well, I think at like 11 a.m. on
1: a Saturday. It's be about 10 a.m. Um, where is... Hang on. I've got the email here. Spielberg Marathon. The winners, because he sent it as a nice little spreadsheet for us, including points and stuff. We So we've done this a lot. We do like the Friday... We've done Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Planet of the Apes. We've done loads and loads of these. Hell um, Hellraiser, that was a bloody long one. Um, all of these marathons together. And... Um, Oh yeah, because I talked about this on the Patreon thing mm-hmm. as opposed to on the podcast. Godzilla was the longest one. It took us 25 hours to do the first 15 movies back to back. But we also like put together PDFs of like fact sheets. So it'll have like a poster and it'll have the um, details about the film and stuff like that. We're very nerdy about it. So, in order, we're actually starting with Saving Private Ryan. Good then, opener. What an opening
2: scene. I know, after, right? You know, yeah. Not the stuff in the graveyard. And,
1: and that's stuff. what you want when you're having a bagel.
2: You know, Yay! a bagel in the morning, a bit of toast. There's a bit that I always I mean you shouldn't laugh at it but it's there's a guy just holding his leg looking at his leg yeah f- for some weird reason that makes me laugh oh, it's sickening I mean I've seen it too many times to be like it's Shocked not as impactful it. anymore yeah, yeah. I'm just like
1: oh look at that guy so starting with Saving Private Ryan then we're moving on to Schindler's list because initially we were going to do this in Jesus. we were going to do this in chronological order, but we realised we'd have ended with Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan, and that would have been a drag to end your like you know eight movie mm-hmm. marathon on. Then we move on to Jewel, and then we move on to Close Encounters of the Third Kind, then on to E.T., then on to Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jurassic Park, and ending with Jaws. Mm-hmm. No Man in Black. That's not Spielberg, Don't movie, you know, <laughs> that's a producing one. Right. Finally, let's do this poetry corner from uh, Will Haight, not Will Height, as we've been calling him mm-hmm. for incorrectly for so long. There once was a very big dog. Every match of his was a slog. He had the wettest of hair. He main evented. No one would care. We liked his match. Oh, so much more. Uh, we, sorry, we liked his friend oh so much more His raw matches were always core Every match that Rollins gave us Made hard the great Oli Davis That's from Will from the New York area I like that very much Will Thank you very much. But that is all we have got time for today. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back on Tuesday with the Raw review. What's going to happen next with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and the Universal whatever? We'll find out when Raw rolls into town. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Do you want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble, as well as signings and photos. But that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchamania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever Wrestling. Media Hall of Fame, and wrestling shows from Impact Wrestling, where they will be taking on the best the UK has to offer, and Revolution Pro Wrestling, featuring the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger defending his British J-Cup crown. Tickets are on sale now, so head over to WrestlingMediaCon.com. That's WrestlingMediaCon.com.